All right, here we go. And we are live. Hey, guys, welcome to Rankable episode 30. Um, I'm your host, as always, Jared Thomas, Senior Account Executive at iPullRank. Um, before we begin, though, I just want to give a huge shout out to everybody in Texas, man. I've seen the videos, man. I'm seeing the TikToks, the, the IG videos, man. It's terrible what's going on, man. No heat, no water. I just want to let you guys know that, you know, our hearts and praises are out with you guys, man. Much love to family, friends, and everybody out there, man. Hope everything gets better, man. But today we have a special, special, special guest, man. This is my <laughs> brother right here, man. We've, we've been connected on LinkedIn for quite some time, man. We always support each other's content. He's a solid, solid, good brother, man. He makes a lot of great content, especially video content. What our goal is today is to teach you guys what is good so, uh, good content for social media. How should you approach it? And really, how do you level up your profile? But my brother here is uh, Alex Miner. He's a video strategist and creative director at IM Media. And how are you, my brother? It's great to have you. I'm doing good, man. It's, it's really good good just to finally have this happen we've been going back and forth like yeah man want to get on the podcast yeah but what are we gonna do like so it's finally good to have it happen man yeah, uh, absolutely, brother. Thanks for taking time out today, man. It means a lot to me, brother. You know, I'm a big supporter of your stuff, man. I love to hear your insights. And, um, you know, we only got 30 minutes. So I would love to jump straight into it, man. So I know you've been doing video. You're, you're, most, you're most focused, right? You're most focused on video content, right? So you do a lot of that, you know, to promote your business and stuff like that. But just tell me about your journey, man. Like, how did you how did you get what, where did your love for video come from? Uh, well, I mean, like many of us, I'm a retired rapper. Uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so I've been a lifelong creative. Um, that led me to being in the corporate events industry, which, as you know, got majorly hit by COVID. Yep. Uh, and that's where most of my money was coming from for like the last eight, nine probably almost 10 years at this point, but it was doing corporate audiovisual where I started doing camera work. Camera work led me to eventually buy and it's boring. <laughs> it, it, it's super boring <laughs> in that space, but it it led me to buy my own equipment eventually, and that yeah. sparked a love for filmmaking. And uh, I dove deep on that YouTube University, all of that, and along the line, video as a tool for marketing somehow came on my radar, and that was like, oh, well, a lot of doing this, it's, it's really just documenting things. And documentaries were kind of where I felt like filmmaking was leading me. And yep. so it was like, let me lean into this because I still get to talk to people, learn their stories, help them tell their stories. And, and there's opportunities to be creative. It's not creative stuff all the time, but there, there's still opportunities for that. No, absolutely, man. I think you hit the nail on the head, man. But like, and then I'm curious, like, because me and you connected on LinkedIn and that's how I found a lot of your video content, man. I really started to support you. So like, why are you on other platforms? And like, what, what was the moment that you was like, hey, I'm taking LinkedIn serious and, and why? Um, I've been on YouTube for about three, four years at this point. Might be longer, but I can't remember. But YouTube is kind of my hobby. You know, I do, over there, I'm mostly doing product reviews because I'm a gear slut. So I'm always like, <laughs> uh, you know, nerding out over the latest tech or lenses or cameras or whatever. Yeah. Um, I got a ton of stuff, a ton of reviews that I, I'm way behind on. Um, so on YouTube as a hobby, but learning a lot about the platform, which I could hopefully use to help clients in the future. Um, yeah. and, but LinkedIn came on my radar a couple of years ago when uh, I kind of been dabbling and, yeah. and wasn't, you know, quite sure how far I wanted to go in on that. But I met this lady named Lorena Acosta. Um, Shout where, out to Lorena. Yeah. If you know who she is, she's a big deal on LinkedIn at this point. Uh, I want to say she's got two, three million followers, maybe more. Um, when I met her, she had 
several hundred thousand, pro- probably like three or four hundred thousand. Um, mm-hmm. But she threw a LinkedIn local event um, right when I had been hearing about LinkedIn local and wanted to throw in an event. So I was like, oh, well, this is perfect. Like we in the same city, you throwing a LinkedIn local event. Well, yeah. how can I be down? Because she was already in the process. Well, that when I was just trying to get started yeah. and through meeting her and learning about her journey on LinkedIn, all the different people that she brought together for that event. Cause she had like, it was in Orlando, but she had people fly down from Canada, from across wow. the country who came to our LinkedIn local event. Um, That's and, and just seeing the power of that, like me and my team came out, we captured the whole thing. Uh, I did a recap video on it. I gave all the speakers copies of their footage from their talks. Yeah. Um, and, and and after that, me and Lorena started working together. I started producing her podcast and it, it was through her that really opened my eyes to like the power of LinkedIn, like seeing like just what she was able to bring together. That was amazing. Like she yeah. and, and it was all from friendships and stuff that had come to her through LinkedIn. And like it just blew my mind. And so that's when I was like, all right. I'm taking it serious. This is a channel that I need to explore. I know a lot of people aren't doing this and let's see what we can make happen. And, yeah. and, and just from doing that event um, and work, working with her on that event, um, I, one of my longest running clients came from doing that. So, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's huge, man. And shout out to Lorena. Cause I've been following her for quite some time too, man. I think, I think the biggest thing t- that like when it comes to LinkedIn, man, a lot of people think about their like the vanity metrics of followers, like to have the several hundred thousand is cool. But what makes Lorraine special is she doesn't have followers, she has a following. She has people that are gonna come to her and you know value her information. There's no way in heck that she's gonna be flying from Canada, California, anywhere, unless you really see the value in that opportunity. So somebody that really rocks with you. So that's more valuable than just having somebody, you know, just follow you and you know, maybe you support or something like that. But like that type of love is, is huge. And then I'm I'm really big on, on YouTube, man. I would love to hear your story. Like, how how does the YouTube opportunity kind of differ from LinkedIn? Because you know, LinkedIn, the main thing for us is like the algorithm, it pushes you out, you're gonna get way more visibility. But YouTube, I feel like it's the long, long game, man. So like- it is. It is. And that's something that a lot of businesses don't understand, because um, just to be point blank, most businesses suck at YouTube. Absolutely. They, just, they do. And it's because they don't take time to understand the platform. That's about that's the thing about me is like if yeah. I'm going to be on a platform, I want to understand it. I want to learn. I want to level up. And so for me, yeah. YouTube was an experiment and is an ongoing experiment where I really try to. Like I'm not a YouTuber. I don't I don't ever expect to be making a living. Uh, I mean, I am a YouTuber, but I don't expect to be making a living off of YouTube. But if I want to see any level of success on YouTube, I have to understand the YouTube culture. I have to understand how the platform works. I have to understand why the YouTubers who are successful and are bigger are doing certain things so that I can maneuver accordingly and, and, and leverage that knowledge and those tactics and intelligently decide what I want to do different and what I want to do the same and what, what opportunities there are to take advantage of. So for businesses, one of the main mistakes is that they don't realize that YouTube is a search engine. YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world, right behind Google. And the real value to businesses is that most one, most businesses aren't leveraging YouTube. Number two, most of the businesses that are leveraging YouTube are doing it terribly. And number three, um, if you, it's way easier to rank video content on Google than it is web pages. Yes. Yeah. So like you're the SEO guy, right? Yep. So you know this. Like absolutely, so, you hit the nail on the head. 
Yeah. So there's a massive opportunity. If you want increased SEO for your websites and for your content, you should be producing videos, putting them on YouTube, backlinking them to your site yeah. and, and using and, and really dominating to really looking to dominate the keywords in your space. Um, like it's there's so many opportunities. Like um, I'm in in BNI Business Network International, right? Yeah. And so I was having a conversation with one of the members of my chapter. She's a lady who does uh, home staging for real estate sales. Mm -hmm. And just in the course of that conversation, talking about what things she might be able to do to to increase her marketing or or to start leveling up in our area, I did a quick look on on YouTube. Hardly any um, home stagers. In our in our area or on YouTube, there was only one that had that was ranking on YouTube for video in any sort of capacity um, that came up on the Google searches because most of the I, I don't know where most of these people was hosting their content, but it wasn't on YouTube. Yeah. And and for the keywords that she would want to be found for, like. Nobody was doing nothing. I'm like, yo, if you get on here, you make some quality videos, do yeah. a little bit of ad spend, you know, maybe just get somebody from Fiverr to to do all the keyword research, the yeah. optimization on your videos, the SEO and stuff. Like you could dominate for search on YouTube when it comes to home staging in the Orlando area. Like it's wide open. Yeah. And that, that's great. But and that, that's actually a great point, right? Like most people see the opportunity, but it, like you said, it's the long game, right? They're really sitting there putting the time. They don't really see what is going to be the value. We think short term, right? But what are some things that you can see brands doing to increase their YouTube visibility? Like, how should they approach it? Because like most of the times you see it just like, hey, look at my product tutorial. This is what I do. And it's like, it doesn't really speak to you as a customer. Well, there's, there's, good, there's good reasons to do those product tutorials and things like that. Yeah. But also, um, you know, educate the customer on different things, different aspects about, you know, what surrounds your service, not just the service itself, not just the product itself, but increase their knowledge of how to leverage the product or, you know, different ways that the product can be incorporated into mm -hmm. their life or their workflow exactly. or the difference the product can make in, in whatever it is that your customers are involved in. Like you got to give people more context and that's where, and that's, part of the opportunity on YouTube and, and even LinkedIn is that you have the ability to put out this content that's going to provide more context. Yeah. And, and once people have a better understanding of why they should be using the products, what the benefit is and, and how it can make a difference, they're more prone to buy. And plus it, if you're doing that consistently, um, staying in front of their face, you know, everybody wants to stay top of mind yeah. and, and you're more likely to be, the chosen, you know, provider when the time comes for them to pull the trigger. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's really about visibility and attention, man. Like, yeah. like I want to, I want to be in front of your face when you're not searching for me so yeah. that when you are searching for me, it's an easy choice. That's it. I think you, you name, you name some really good tips, man. Like, first of all, you got to know your platform, right? I think that's, that's main, whatever you're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever platform of your choice, know how to, you know, know what, what the platform is, know how the algorithm works, know how the community is, know what, know your audience, know what people want from you or what they want from similar people similar to yourself, right? Like, so make sure you understand that and really take the opportunity because what's selling for you when you're not selling and that's right. going to be your content. Your content is going to be there, right? Like I always say it all the time. Like it's like driving across the highway. You're going to see my billboard. You're going to see my billboard. One day you're going to look up and say, damn, man, 
Maybe I should try this a little thing or such. <laughs> Maybe I should try this, brother. This brother is everywhere. And that's really what you want to stay top of mind, but also with valuable content. I think another good point, like I think people get caught up in value. I think value is subjective to the reader. And I would love to talk to you about that. Like, so how do you figure figure out or how do you come up with your content creation process? Like what's going to be valuable for your users? It's really I mean, paying your attention. It, it's really paying attention. Um, it's it's being a good listener. Yeah. So one one thing that I think people don't do enough is, especially if they're coming into a space and they're new to the space, they don't take the time to just observe. So yeah. like if you're if you're getting on LinkedIn and you're new to LinkedIn, observe. Don't think that you got to start producing content right away and and trying to make a name for yourself through that. Spend some time just learning the culture, like see what people are doing on the platform. Uh, you know, go read articles about how best to conduct yourself on LinkedIn, yeah. about what types of social selling strategies work and don't work. Because uh, yeah. a lot of people come in and they just sell, sell, sell. It's basically the yeah. digital equivalent of cold calling, exactly. right? Do you know how many times people have showed up in my DMs trying to sell me video? Yeah, I could imagine. <laughs> like, it's like, bro. Did you look did at you my profile? Any, did you do anything? Look at my pro. Did, no, besides even looking at my profile, did you look at my headline? <laughs> yeah. The one that follows me around LinkedIn. Yeah. It says video producer for coaches and executives. Why are you going to sell me video? I make video for a living. Yeah, that, it's just laziness on, on the seller side. But I think that's, it, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say because a lot, a lot of people just go in there. Like you said, nobody wants to sell. The way the culture works on LinkedIn is all about relationships. Nobody cares about what you're selling, right? You have to be a part of the community. And how you get a part of the community is you engage with other people, you support other people, and in turn, they support yours. You kind of like have a pod without officially having a pod. You know what right. I mean? And, 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 and I mean, pods, that's another, I mean, for a lot of people, pods are a sore subject. It is. Mm-hmm. I, I hate them. I hate him. I don't think this needed. And, and so I'm going to confess this for the first time ever. Like, no, don't I tell me you're in a pod. pod. Don't tell me. <laughs> I was. I was. Um, and, and and the thing was, it, it just became, it, and it's not like there weren't good people in it. Like the, the, the culture of the pod that I was in was a little bit different. It really was a, a reciprocal thing. And it, it, it wasn't just about, you know, liking and being like, hey, good post. Like people actually did have conversations and form relationships out of that. Um, yeah. But it's it's just too stressful. Yeah. You know, and, and for, those, just, for those listening to if you don't know what a pod is, essentially, that's basically like say me and Alex, we, we like each other's content on LinkedIn. We have a group of people, let's say 20, 30, 40, 50 people. Right. We start a group chat. We start a Slack. And then when somebody posts, you put it in the chat and then everybody goes to like the post. All right. And when they like the post, what it does is boost your visibility because it's like yeah. the golden hour rule with LinkedIn. So if you, the more engagement you get in that first hour, the algorithm pushes your content to more users. So that's what the benefit is. Right. The problem is, is like it's for people like myself who do it organically, it, it, it can psychologically mess you up because you're like, damn, I'm trying all hard for this content. I might get 15 likes. Then I see this brother who literally put up nothing, get 230, 40 likes. Right? And you're like, damn, why is that? And most of the time they're in pods. Right. Mm-hmm. So there is benefit to it. You get more more exposure. But to be honest with the way we do it organically, like I know people like me for me. I know it's no fluff. Bro. Exactly. And that's what and that's really what never sat right with me is that 
it was so hard for me to, unless like I had a post that really blew up yeah. that I knew went way beyond the reach of, of the pod. It was like, I couldn't really tell what was working. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I could, I didn't really know what was really connecting and was really beneficial. Like, like most of my content, I mean, you've seen it. The majority yeah. of it is, you know, advice, tips, tricks about video, different ways to think about strategy or about content. And, and so like, general helpful stuff you know because that's what i feel like i'm good at i'm good at i'm good at nerding out about video and and giving people a different lens to view it through pun intended um (laughs) and and so and so that's where most of my content comes from but it's like sometimes it was just so hard to know what was working and what was not and and since i just decided to step back from that and just you know just going on my own and just put invest more time into the platform and into the people it's it's easier for me to know like when a piece of content really bombs and when a exactly. piece of content really works yeah and, and that's going to be more valuable to me in the long run absolutely man absolutely and so what are your thoughts on, on vanity metrics right like so how i get this question a lot like yo jared how how you know how much view or how much attention should i pay to the likes the comments and shares and things like vanity that so what are your thoughts? okay so i this is the way i look at it I don't think there are vanity metrics, right? Like the only time that I think you can really call them vanity metrics is when there's no point to you uh, growing the numbers, right? Because, but for most of us, there's some sort of goal behind it, right? And, and, Metrics are just data points. You know this. Yeah. And and what do we use data for? To make better decisions. So if you're putting out types of posts, another thing is like, you have to make those metrics contextual to the situation. Yeah. So if I'm getting tons of likes and comments on certain content, but that's not the content that's going to propel my business forward, you know, maybe it doesn't matter, but it also, but it does give me a data set to know because maybe I could take that content that is not important to the business and use it to inform decisions I make in producing content that is relevant to the business. That makes sense. Um, but then also that same content that is not relevant to the business, maybe that's just about building brand. You know, I I believe very heavily, and this is also partially Lorena's yeah. fault, in personal brand. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and if you build your personal brand and people value you for you, it will always push your business forward oh because God. people, eventually somebody's going to need what you got. And if they know that you're a good person and that they they'd probably rather get it from you if they exactly. know you and they value you as a person. Um, That's a great point. That's a great you know, point, man. Like I, I got a client in the last month from being on Clubhouse, um, and and it wasn't. I didn't go on Clubhouse specifically. Like I got I got on Clubhouse because of FOMO. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. Like I got on Clubhouse because of FOMO. Like my wife came to me back in December and was like, "Yeah, you should be on this. You'd be perfect for this." I'm like, "What are you talking about? Haven't yeah. you heard this app?" No. Like, because I keep, my, I don't be trying to keep up with everything new. You can't man, it's hard. And like she showed me, and it was like, "Yeah, I think I need to be on here," but I have an Android phone, and mm-hmm. so she even gave me one of her old iPhones. Um, but there was issues with it and I didn't end up getting on there. And finally yeah. I was like, all right, my phone kind of busted. I need a new one anyway. Let me just get this iPhone 12. Switch over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually found out if uh, I'm a big like Joe Button podcast fan. 
So like, so I listen to Joe, but he's like the chatty house. I'm like, what the, what is this? I'm thinking a Soho house, I'm thinking <laughs> an exclusive club or something. I'm like, I ain't get no invitation. I'm not lit. And then when I started to hear about it, hear, hear about it more, especially when it crossed over to LinkedIn, I, I feel like just out of nowhere, like one week, everybody just started clubhouse, 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 right? But like, and then when I jumped on and I joined a couple of rooms, I think it's a really good opportunity. Like, what do you think is the long-term opportunity for it? Because I personally think it's not, it's not who you speak to or who you, it's really who you get in the room. Yeah. Who you get in the room. That's the, that's the end goal. Like me and you do a clubhouse right now and it's me, you, my cousin, auntie, you know, a couple of your friends and all that. Like, what's the value of that? But like you said earlier, you had, I'll let you share the story. You know what I mean? But you know, you had somebody. Yeah, that I mean, I've I've connected with a bunch of people that otherwise <laughs> um, never would have had a conversation with, mm-hmm. it, because mm-hmm. it's crazy. And, and like, so for me, mm-hmm. obviously, we're I, we're broadcasting this on LinkedIn, right? So yeah. like, so LinkedIn is one of our platforms of choice. Um, there's a ton of people on Clubhouse talking about LinkedIn every day. Every day, every day, like there's at least three, four rooms that I could go into ev- consistently every day about LinkedIn. Um, I, I help moderate one. Um, so I get asked to co-moderate one an, another one sometimes. And then there's just other rooms that I just pop in just to give my two cents. Yeah. Um, and it's an unbelievable opportunity because there's all these people really trying to share with each other and help each other level up. Um, because so many people, especially in the last year since the pandemic, have been flocking to LinkedIn, whether it's to try to find a new job because they lost their job, whether yeah. it's to help promote a new business because their side hustle now has to become their main thing, yeah. or even just because their main job is maybe not desirable or not giving them enough money and they figure they need to start a side hustle. LinkedIn is a tool and an opportunity that a lot of people are seeing but they don't know how to navigate the waters. Yeah, yeah. And and now that people are getting on Clubhouse and there's a lot of this, there's so many of these groups where people are just giving away the knowledge. I'm talking about LinkedIn coaches and experts who yeah. at minimum you're paying $300, $400 to have a conversation with. They're on here every day giving away game. Yeah. Matter of fact, let, let me ask you that. Man. What makes somebody a LinkedIn expert? That, that, that's like a real, uh, I'm curious, like what makes you a LinkedIn expert where you could charge three, four hundred, like, like, did you need a, a certain amount of revenue from LinkedIn? Like what really makes you an expert? Really, really, it's your experience with the platform. Cause like, okay. So, so some of the people that I, that I've made friends with now, um, like there's one lady, her name is Leah. She's in the UK. She's really cool. Oh yeah. Leah Turner? She, uh, is that her last name? No, but she got the tattoos. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so she went from having like 400 connections on LinkedIn to having like 70,000 yeah. or 70,000 followers in like, I don't know, was it was like four to six months or something, less than a year. Yeah. And, but she did it through very specific, intentional processes, which she can teach and which she can adapt to almost anybody's situation or mission. So that's what she does. Uh, Most of her coaching up until this point has been one-on-one coaching where she sits you down, walks through your situation with you and gives you specific strategies tailored to your situation to help you level up on LinkedIn. And she's been getting great feedback. She's been getting lots of love and, and she's become, she's, she's become that lady, you know, Yeah, and, I definitely and, know Leah. Yeah, her, her branding is crazy. When I first, she's like Madison. Madison, I actually had her on before. I know you know Madison Butler. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So she's you know the blue hair. I'm like your, your brand. As soon as I see you, you just pop out. Same thing with Leah. You see her, she's tattoo cover. You're like, oh, this, this is different. You know what I mean? And then you hear right. her speak, they, like, stand, they stand out on stand the out. So that's something they should definitely do, man. Like, and what do you, what is like what is good content for social media? Because I actually have a lot of my friends ask me, you know, Jay, you know, you keep talking this LinkedIn stuff. You know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and all this stuff. Like, what is good content? They're not performing well. So what some things that they should be doing or looking for to improve their content? Um, like I said, listening, you got to listen to the people on the platform to know what they want. Um, but then also you need to be very intentional in what your mission is in being on a platform. Yeah. Because if, if my goal is to connect with, um, coaches and subject matter experts, my, my strategies and my content are going to be very different than somebody who's looking yeah. to sell socks. Totally. You know what I'm saying? So you you have to be very there's no one size fits all approach. It mm -hmm. has to be tailored for your situation and for your goals. So for me, <clears throat> in general, I just want people to produce more video. That's it. You know, whether it's with me or without me. Um, but then I'm looking to connect with and looking to serve coaches, subject matter experts, entrepreneurs who know that video is a valuable resource for their business, for their personal brand, but they ain't got the time. Yeah. Like they don't want to let like a there's, there's tons of people and see that's and that's kind of what makes me a little bit different. There's tons of people on LinkedIn who are trying to teach you how to do it yourself. They don't want to do the thing. They're going to teach you how to do the thing yeah. and they're gonna take your money and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But after you finish their course, after you finish their coaching program, how many people are going to stick with it long term? That's the I mean, maybe if they get results, they'll stick with it. But eventually, even if it does boost their business, eventually, if it works, it's going to boost their business to the point where they ain't got time to do it no more because they're so busy. That's it. That's it. There's actually a, a great thing, too. I don't know if you heard this, but um, Jake Paul was on I Am Athlete podcast. He was on YouTube like yourself. He said in order to get to where he is right now, he posted for 825 days consistently. He said it would be a birthday, funeral. It could be snowing, rain, whatever it is. He made sure he posted. To look at him now, and now what? He's almost about to fight Conor McGregor. We're talking 30, 40 million. And it's because he built up that following of every day. And it's like, as far as like what's good for social media, I think regardless of what you're selling, people want to know the you. I don't think yeah. there is any, I don't even think there's bad content for social media. You wake up, you have an idea. I don't care, you brushing your teeth. I'm, I'm filming. Hey guys, I'm having a positive day. I want you guys to do this to the third. Off to it. Hey, lunch meeting. Hey, just had a great meeting with such and such. We talked about X, Y, Z. Send it out. Hey, I'm home now, relaxing with the kids. Say what's up to the kids. Hey, what's it? Hey, you know what I mean? <laughs> All yeah, that content. And and that's that's another point. I think vlog style content is severely <laughs> underutilized Absolutely. on LinkedIn. Um, I've seen a couple people do it really well, but they're not, but it's not something they do all the time. And I don't think it's something that you should do all the time. I think it's something that should be sprinkled in it. Like it's, yeah. a, it's one of those personal branding opportunities. Yeah. Like you bring people into the world, show them the behind the scenes, give them a chance to learn who you are. Um, and some people are doing that with stories right now, LinkedIn yeah. stories. Um, so if you're not comfortable producing, you know, more polished video or, or doing, a, a, a bigger thing, maybe you start leaning into LinkedIn stories and just bringing people behind the, behind the curtain, sharing some of your thoughts, some of your day-to-day -day business experiences in 20-second chunks. And, yeah. and you know. Yeah, I totally people agree. I think, I think for me, man, I think my best content, my best kind of has always been stories and it's always been like the stuff that I feel like I, I shouldn't post. If I'm sitting there about to press the send and I'm questioning it, that's the stuff that's going to fly. You know what I mean? I remember right. one time I posted like... um 
I was, it was during the height of COVID. I was just walking to the store with my kid, man. And we go to the store. We come out the store. The 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 body, um, the coroners are taking two bodies out of a building, literally right across the street. Jeez. It was at the height. So I'm talking. I'm nervous as hell. They got the full body suits, and I just took a picture, put it on LinkedIn, right? Didn't think uh, at first. I'm like, I don't know if I should do it. I had what the the VP of LinkedIn hit me up. Was like, this is the stories we need to hear. This is the type of stuff I want to thank you wow. for sharing with our network. And I'm like, wow. Like it's that type of stuff. So it's no bad content, man. Just tell your story, man. Like tell what's happening in your scenario, situation. If you're having a bad, messed up situation, I had somebody no show me on a call at eight o'clock at night. Put it out. It got 150 likes. I'm like, God damn it, 150 likes because somebody no showed me. Everybody's like, Yeah, tell her. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's right. real, but but the, but it's relatable. Exactly. You know what I'm and that's the thing. Put out content that your people can relate to, um, especially on LinkedIn. Like people want. Some people are on LinkedIn for the shared experience. They want to know that there's other people out there that are going through the same things as them, that are running into the same roadblocks, having yeah. the same losses, the same wins, the same opportunities, the same loss of opportunities. Like, Absolutely. you know, and LinkedIn is really what you make it, right? Um, one so thing that I'm bit that I started being big on recently is is curating your experience. Um, I unfollowed recently about five, six hundred people. And my feed has never looked better. Um, like, because there's a lot of people that I had no reason to be connected to anymore, yeah. especially since my industry changed from doing live events to now producing video content. Um, there's a lot of connections that I didn't need and weren't beneficial to me. So yeah. I did that. And now it's like, I'm seeing more of the content that I want to see. So now I want to be scrolling through the feed. I want to be interacting with people's content. Um, and, and I'm having a better overall experience when I hop on LinkedIn. Yeah. So definitely, uh, we was talking about this actually last week, man. Like the the party's about to be over right now. Is about I feel like it's, it feels like a hundred people on my feed. We all know each other. We're dancing in the middle of the party, and I feel like everybody else is holding up the wall. But as you turn to the left, people are starting to slide up to the dance floor. <laughs> you know what I mean? They starting to get their two step on them. Like because all these talks of people like me and you are telling and giving the game for free. They're starting to implement it. They're like, yo, if this dude can do it, man, I know I can do it. If I put my own flavor, my own sauce into it, man, and I'm starting to see some some great content, man. It's made me want to, I got to step my game all the way up. <laughs> yeah, but, but even though there are more people coming, and, and that's another thing, Um, a lot of people have been complaining that the reach is down on the platform. Like, oh, my stuff isn't getting the views it, got, it used to get. It's not doing the numbers that it used to get. They're, the simple logic of that. It's like we've been talking about since the pandemic, there are more people on social media than ever. That includes LinkedIn. Yeah. Before, it was super easy to get super gigantic reach on everything, including videos, because LinkedIn's population, only about 1% of people are producing content on a weekly basis. Exactly. Um, and that's just text posts. Not in, That's not talking about pictures. That's not talking about videos. It's just text posts. And the population has swelled during COVID to about 700 or 800 million people. So even though it's still only about 1% or 2% producing content, that 1% or 2% is bigger. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, there, so there's less attention to go around. There's still a great opportunity, but it's less attention to go around because more people are trying to produce content and, and get this thing moving. And, and actually it's better for us if the reach goes down because man, I, you could put out, you could put out some BS and it got five, six, 7,000 views, you know what I'm saying? But it doesn't gauge or what, you know what I mean? Is it really good? Is it not? It's just because nobody's posting today. Cool. Now it's to the point, like you can tell when something pops, you know, you yeah. know, when, when it's going, you're like, Oh, okay. I see that. All right. Yeah, and I think the engagement is better. I, I really do. Absolutely. And, 
And uh, I, I know we're coming towards the end of this thing, so I don't, I don't want to, you know, keep you longer because, you know, we both like to talk. <laughs> but, um, just to let people know, a lot of people wonder if video is worth doing on LinkedIn. Yes, it is. And and people say, but the numbers are so much lower. The reason for that is it takes more to get some get a view registered on the platform for video. Yeah. So with a text post, picture post, all that's got to happen is, is show up in somebody's feed and they scroll past it. For a video view to count, somebody has to watch the video for at least three seconds, which on social media is a long time. Yeah. Um, so you might be getting the same number of impressions as you do with your text post, but it's not going to reflect because if somebody don't let it roll for that three seconds, it's not going to count. Impact. Impact is one. Yeah. And then I know we're, we're coming up, man. So what the actually, man, definitely do you want to share before we get off, man, what's what's one crazy story or one, you know, who is some of your favorite influencers and who is one person that you connected with? You was like, damn, I can't believe I, I have, man. Um, Shoot, man. It, it's it's so all the people that I'm rocking with right now that got like big followings and stuff. I never I never would have thought that I'd be able to connect with them like this. And I mean, some people to me, they got big followings like, you know, like Rich Cardona, who's another yeah. video dude. Leo, yeah. who he was talking about before um, this dude, Liam, Andy Foot, like yeah. all these people who are spread out all across the map who otherwise I have no connection to if it wasn't for this platform. Um great conversations like genuine love for the platform all these things and you know if i never dove into this opportunity which is what linkedin is it's an opportunity yeah. uh, you know none of that would ever happen absolutely man I, I totally agree with you man so for anybody watching get in the game doesn't matter what platform you're in because i can tell you for myself personally linkedin has changed my career I've connected with more people this year than I have in my entire career. And I can't wait for the world to open up. I can't wait for that first conference. I'm walking in like the Mac. I can't, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I can't wait. Like, hey, what up, baby? But we're going to do it, man. Like, so please make sure you get out there. The opportunities are endless. The people you can connect with, the information, like LinkedIn, people just give up free information. Nobody has an ego. I know guys with million plus followers that'll hit you up immediately. Immediately, like, hey, Jay, what's up? Happy to help, man. So get yourself out there. Make those genuine connections. And Alex, my brother, I just want to say thank you for, for stopping by, man, taking time out your day to share the tips, man. I really appreciate it. Um, we, we, You know, put your social handles where we can find you, man, where we can support you. Yeah, so if most people want to find me, look me up on LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty sure that I'm either the only Alex Miner or the first one that will show up because of how active I am. Uh, and then if you want to find me on Clubhouse, you can find me on Clubhouse. My handle on there is LinkedIn video. <laughs> there it goes. There it goes, my brother. Thank you so much for joining, man. It's been a pleasure. I truly enjoyed this, man. I know me and you are going to work on some content in the future. Everybody for watching, thank you for the support. We're on episode 30. You know, all the likes, the comments, the shares, we really appreciate it. And, we, you know, it means a lot to us. We put a lot of work into this. So thank you all. We'll see you guys next week. Alex, much love, my brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. Take it easy, guys, and see you.